It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Hey guys, welcome back to Hosers. This is episode 93, the Doug Gilmore slash uh, London Knights Mitch Marner episode. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Killingsworth, and I will definitely not fall apart in the playoffs this episode. Let me just say that. Um, I'm here with my hosts, co-hosts, Thomas Williams and Carter Lupel. Carter, how you doing, buddy? What's going on, Chris? It's going well. Thank you for asking. Thomas Williams, how are you? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. Um, Good. Yeah, just hanging out, you know. Just excited to uh, talk about some NHL drama, right? Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about the NHL drama from this past week. Um, but before we do that, um, I wanted to let you guys know that um, I'm currently playing NHL 21. <laughs> And uh, the Toronto Marlies are up against the Arizona Coyotes. And let me just tell you that the Arizona Coyotes are going to be really bad next year. Let me just tell you (laughs) that. Because their top center is Nick Schmaltz, who is perennially injured. And, uh, (laughs) you know, they've also got Christian Dvorak, who's probably going to get traded to the Habs next week. So, anyhow... Carter, what are you doing? What, what's, what's, uh, are you on a walk right now? Uh, I'm on a walk with the boys up at the cottage. We've, uh, nice. We've just been burning the candle at both ends, building the boathouse this week. We, uh, my parents want it done before Labor Day, so we've been trapped up here. There you go. Is that with so, the boat? Just, I'm sorry? So you're storing that boat you bought? No, it's, uh, because the, um, like the for permitting for the township, you technically have to call it a boathouse, but it's a bunkie. It's just more sleeping space for our huge family. Dude, bunkies are absolutely like, in my opinion, the best place to sleep in a cottage. Oh, absolutely! You get the wind blowing from all four four sides. It's yeah, it's insane. Yeah, bunkies are great. We have one at our cottage. I'm a big fan. Um, I love sleeping in the bunkie because when it's when you want to be cold, it's freezing, and when you want to be hot, yeah. it's like hot. So it, it, it yeah. does does the trick. Like in the winter, like you want to be. Like it's no, hot in the I don't. In the summer, in the summertime. Yeah, in the it's summer, because it's, it's such cool. a small space. Like it's yeah. such a small space. It's so like easy to control what's going on inside of it. Like if you have a a big open cottage. It's never the temperature you want it to be, but you want it to be exactly. Little, yeah, this little box will do the trick. Yeah, hopefully the bunkie, I don't hate it, hate it by the time we have it up. How big is it? Uh, it's twelve feet by twenty feet, and then I think it's eighteen feet high. Oh wow! It's all decent. Yeah, she's uh, a, she, she's a monster. That's wild, so been, guys. We're going. Yeah, we're going into uh, overtime, in. so you guys know just to keep you guys <laughs> oh. uh, updated. Um, it's uh three on three oh overtime. Um, and uh, anyways, continue, Carter. I'll let you know if anything changes on my end. <laughs> oh, that's okay, that's about yes. it. I'm just this is one of the like the first times I've relaxed in like a week and a bit. Like, I I, don't, I haven't even slept in my own bed since I've been back from my big hike. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's went true. Straight yeah. To the cottage? I'm sorry, you just went straight to the cottage. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, well, my parents are like, we want it done. And then I've just been like, <laughs> it's been myself and my dad up here doing it. My dad has like old hockey knees. So I've been 
I've been building it and hanging walls and like it's 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 cool like that I'll be able to say I built it from scratch like built it from the gravel up right so so I'm just exhausted ready to have to sleep in my own bed yeah well you were here for like a little bit like it buried for a hot minute before you went back up we won we won overtime just so you guys know Brett Brett Sini scored um uh, Brett Sini oh yeah Sini he's from uh he's, he's a new signing I update the rosters um, manually, so uh, now you know. players. <laughs> no, you no, he's fit? actually he's actually in the game, which is the funny part. Yeah. Um, Are but, you like uh, you made like Jerry McKenna like a potential ninety nine? Jerry McKenna, um, no. like a like an unnamed YouTuber. Uh, he's like gonna be with the Leafs, right? Like, come on. Jeremy McKenna is not gonna be with the Leafs right away. No, but it was <laughs> funny just, when you when kidding. you. It's funny when you texted me a little while ago and you're like, Jeremy McKenna. And I was like, oh, yeah, we love him. Moncton Wildcat <laughs> alumni. So the only reason I actually recognize the name too now is that I realized that he played with Alex Kovanov in Moncton. Mm-hmm. He's on the same line. He sure did. That's um, right. So all of Jeremy McKenna's success is because of Kovanov easily. Mm. So, yeah. The weird thing is, is like McKenna is like a typical Marley's. Well, because he's he doesn't have an NHL deal, he's on an AHL deal, but like he's like the typical player that you would expect the Marlies to like pick up on an AHL contract where they had like goofy QMJHL numbers. Excuse me. And then I think he got drafted by Calgary uh, when he was an wow. overager, or he went to their camp and they didn't sign him or something. I can't remember, but he was supposed True. to be a Calgary flame and then it like didn't work out. Um, really hoping for that Giordano energy, huh? Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, just a walk on. Um, but uh, but anyways, yeah. Nice. So it's uh, it's it's interesting. But um, should we get into the the Habs slash uh, yeah. Carolina drama? <clears throat> Jesus Christ! I guess that's like the yeah. big thing that we should talk about. Huh? I mean, yeah. Like anyone tuning in, probably expects us yeah, to talk about right well, it would it would be us they, to just not talk about it it would be yeah. we like are three weeks well, late on it yeah to be honest there's not much to talk about other than that it's like i i just think there's no space for it like it's like or do you guys want to break it down or do you think everyone knows like um, so, yeah thomas so, why don't you break it the, down? the, the, the cane okay. the cane's the offer sheeted or the cabs offer sheeted aho was it 47 million in a few deals or a few years uh yeah, a five-year deal um five-year deal uh, 47 and yeah 47 and a half for five years and they offer sheeted aho and aho accepted and then um the, the canes obviously wanted aho so they they matched it and then now just to get back at the habs during free agency they uh now have offer sheeted Kanyemi 6.1 million for one year and then uh, $20 signing bonus, um, which is, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. It's, and then it's, it's like, they've just been like trolling the Habs because it's exactly what Bergevin said when they offer sheeted Ajo, like saying, so, that, like we built a base here. He wants to come here. He'll like what we've built. And then the Canes to the back of the Habs, the exact same bullshit. Let, let me ask you this. Cause I, I think we all feel pretty similarly about the deal. So let's do a quick yeah. roundtable here. Carter, use one word to describe your opinion on how this is playing out. One one word. How it's playing out? Or yeah. like the situation in general? Mm, let's do the situation in general. I think that could be more fun. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous? Okay, like that. Thomas, what's your word? Uh, I'm going to say stupid, but with two O's <laughs> and one of them is a zero. <laughs> I I already know where Thomas is going with this. Like that, I, that. That I, I went on like a serious tweet. Like I like put on my hockey analyst hat on Twitter, I guess. Not really. I, did, so I didn't see stupid. this. Like I can't wait to hear your perspective. Oh Mine uh, in the same lens as both of yours would be pwned um, oh with a God. P. I think it's stupid from the Kane's point of view, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. They fucked themselves. Like it's so you, dumb. You would rather 
I guess we'll just get right into it. You would rather you o- spend... over overpay or give away picks. Like it's what the yeah you you even okay even if say even if Kakanyemi like find, he's young he's young he finds his footing in Carolina even like if he goes to the wing because they don't really need like a desperate third line center like they have some pieces at least like more than Montreal and they're not they don't need to cement him down the middle even yeah. if he's like becomes this like 50 point guy can play on the penalty kill like is all right whatever even if that's a ridiculous number to like kind of just have in a one-year deal and it sets his qualifying offer for next year if he's not able to at agree 6.1. at 6.1 yeah, exactly. if he's not able to have a long-term extension the Canes can get around it and I think um I forget who tweeted it maybe it's Pierre um, Peter Lebrun, he said the Canes have already discussed with Kakinyemi about a long-term deal and what that will look like. So it's like, oh, yeah. maybe after this year they'll go for like four more years at like four. Yeah, yeah, but he needs to he needs to triple his production to be worth that. Oh my god, I, exactly. I think he's I think he's worth like three right now. I would yeah, say probably, like, exactly that's like the percentage yeah. or whatever, like value, whatever the stuff that I kind of hate, yeah. but. Um, but even like from the Carolina perspective, like, so you rather not re-sign Dougie Hamilton, who's like a exactly. top, like a top, like exactly. 50, we could all agree, like top 15 defenseman in the NHL, top for a, 10. For a, yeah. for like a, for a, like a, for a, like a, for a PR deflect. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I tweet, I, like, so I tweeted that too, because like, this is such like what? a shifty, this is, I just, actually? I tweeted about that. Yeah, I was, this is my tweet word for word right now. It's actually kind of, it's hashtag going viral. Guys. Oh my God. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I fucking hate that. Uh, I said this whole thing is like a perfectly crafted PR move after signing D'Angelo. Oh my God. It has to be all the cutesy social, the identical statement from Don Waddell, making everyone love this quirky ass team and forget about giving yeah. them a million bucks to a racist. Yep, a thousand percent. Yo, so, yeah, they're trying to get eyes off of Tony D'Angelo. Like it's insane yeah. how stupid yeah. the entire thing is, and um, they're, what they're gonna have. What this does is set the precedent for underproducing forwards. Like when they're getting, when they're encroaching on, like, egg, like leaving their entry, their ELCs, and now if he gets paid this, now it's gonna. I'm sure we're gonna see like a downward spiral in the league of people being like, okay, well. I had more than 26 points this season. I'm coming out of my ELC. How come I'm not even being offered 4 million? Like it's, mm, it's yeah. Thomas, so you gonna, need to, it's uh, a bad phase. yeah, Sorry. no, 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 no. I, I completely agree. Thomas, you might want to unplug your mic and plug it back in. FYI. I just did. I just did. How's that? Oh, attaboy king shit yeah. um because <laughs> I, I, yeah. I i heard you be like thomas thomas and i was like okay, okay my totally right. fuck up. <laughs> or i was gonna just be like no you're wrong this you're is actually idiot. a really good idea no i think so i agree with literally every sentiment that you guys have and thomas i didn't see your tweet but that is like basically perfectly sums up how i feel i'm not even thinking necessarily about d'angelo because like obviously that's what they're doing like that's very clear to me but I also just think that like um Carolina doesn't scare me in in that way so like for example if this had been like Lou Lamarillo doing this type of shit and it wasn't this like cutesy fucking pandering like to the iceberg there's more to the iceberg if it was Lou Lamarillo yeah exactly because you're like oh okay this guy is like no holds barred right but like Carolina, and, and and let me preface this by saying that I like 90%, I would say, of what Don Waddell and, uh, and, and, you know, like that particular team there, like Darren York is their assistant GM. Like, I love everything that they've done draft-wise. I think that that's all fine and dandy. But the cutesy, like, oh, you know, look, like, look, look at our social media. We're so edgy. We're so, like, for the people. It's like, Yo, the only social media team that can do that effectively and have done a killer job at it is the LA Kings. Period. That's the end of it. I they, get that it's were they like, like originators with it? Yeah, like where that was kind of their thing. And now we have every single social team in the NHL. Um, you know, the one that kind of comes to mind right now for me is the Devils that are trying to, you know, yeah, be the these people. That. And for the Canes, it's just like 
when I saw the tweet go out initially, um, so actually, funny enough, I actually refreshed my Reddit and I saw that it was on Reddit. And then I was like, oh, this can't be real. And then when I went to check it out on Twitter, the fucking post was just LOL in big in big letters and the, yeah. the like statement beneath it. I just think that they're like a parody of themselves. And I think that most, uh, and I, I might catch a little bit of heat for this, but like most like educated people who follow the sport and know the sport know that this is like goofy shit, right? Yeah, but you're gonna well, all have they're doing a, is they're super, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, there's a segment of the fan base that's like, ooh, they're getting them back. They're burning them. But to all the points that you guys have made, it's 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 kind of it's it's like not a good deal. Like, he's not no, worth like, that much. <laughs> you're just producing two, two, like, two protagonists in either fan base. Like, if yeah. Bergevin doesn't, doesn't sign him for 6.1, then you have people who are, like, cockney diehards who believe he's, like, in a few years, he's going to be the guy, and we shouldn't let him go. So you're going to stop that. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> he's not Sacu Sacu Kuevu. Kuevu. No, I know. Um, <laughs> and then, and then you're going to like get people mad if he does spend the money. You're also going to get people mad if Bergman doesn't take the picks. And the Carolina end, it's the exact same thing. So all it's doing is it's just like it's. I don't think there's place for like this type of like pettiness or BS in hockey. Like it's it's supposed to like all it does is it shaves points off the game like in regards to like the respect that it should hold or like that the fan base should well, have for it because it just like it just yeah no i agree like it's it's like when i turn on like when i like go on twitter and go like searching for news and things like that i don't see like lol or like these ridiculous like ex-girlfriend like that won't, yeah I have some people like ex-girlfriend that won't let it go like I don't want to see that I want to see like what's actually happening things that are pertinent things with sustenance that I can like use to like perpetuate my fandom I guess not and, 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 stupid shit yeah and I don't know if we feel differently about it if like the D'Angelo slash Hamilton shit didn't happen like maybe we do look at it as like this like kind of funny moment but to yeah. me, the moment is ruined because it's we know what they yeah. did in the off season. And then on top of that, it's ruined because they just, they, they look at it like it's a joke. And like, I recognize that, you know, oh, you know, this is probably going to make its way onto sports center and it probably grows the game yeah. and all of these different things. And like, that's fine. But like, I don't know. It just, it to me yeah, seems it, very it, it, cheap. If you haven't secured Dougie Hamilton, don't throw six point one million dollars away for an underproducing center. That's yeah, likely well, gonna nice not even like, not even okay. track your lineup. And especially like, that, like, if they want, so like, also, kind of my thoughts on this, like, this prevents future offer sheets because they yes, see that it's like a revenge thing. And then also, yep, yep. like, if you're gonna throw out an offer sheet. There are countless RFAs right now that can get offer sheeted that will gladly accept that much money. Like Robert yep, Thomas yeah. is a way better player than Kakiyami. Insanely yeah. better player, I would say. Same age. And you, if you don't think that throwing like five years, 6.1 at him, you're paying the same compensation. You're going to pay a first and a third at him. Say like, yeah. yeah, say if you do go for like five years or four years, like get him right up to free agency or something and throw that yeah. at him and like and six whatever like then you have robert thomas a really fucking good player and like there's eli yeah. tolvin and two that like i don't know if he's a 10 c guy but like there's countless guys like anthony bovillier well, that, that, in, that, in new, that's exactly like, long it. island like there's there's guys like, that are better players than cocky i mean it's just like it just comes across as this like petty weird thing like if he was a top free if this was like if he was had the same skill level as like elias Pedersen. And this was Patterson, yeah. and you're like throwing oh, money sure. at him, like add an like, offer let's sheet. Go for it. Let's see, let's yeah, see what we can get. Then like, sure. Then like that makes sense. It's not a petty move, even if it was like if it yeah. was if quote unquote like Patterson was on Montreal hypothetically, and like this was seen as like a swap or whatever, like a revenge thing. Then it's like no, it's yeah, he's a really good player, whatever. But this is like it's so clearly that it's just like them trying to just be cute. And like 
do this when like there's so many other better players and other options to actually make your team better and not like have people like rejoin your your like fan base and bandwagon just because you're like a little cute social team yo you know what like absolutely drove me ballistic and you guys know that i'm like a secret Habs fan when i say this is them changing all their social shit to french and the way oh, yeah. absolute <laughs> fuck out of yeah. like here. Bi- yeah, well, it's, it's just, so like, stupid. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Kotkaniemi fan. Like, I I like when he's playing well. And like, yeah, I yeah. can, you, you definitely see that, like, his shortcomings are just lack of experience. Like, he's a, he's a very poised hockey player for his age. And I think he will do well in a few years with the right development. But I think just, he's the wrong, like, and I'm also, like, kind of sad to see it like him be like the centerpiece of all of this hockey drama because this doesn't just have an effect on like teams and numbers and further things to do with offer sheets and stuff in the NHL but that's like you're playing a fucking game with a 20 21 year old Ted like it's Mm -hmm. like what is what is he going to do now like if he goes and he underproduces and like on either side and he's just caught in this like constant state of trying to play catch up to this finish line like and he's never going to live up to what he's touted to be on paper now like this just this this could be a career ender for the kid as well like you have to feel for the kid right and so well, he's been yo-yoed like, around forever and he's always but that's what that's what i mean like he's he's yeah. such a good attitude going up and down to the rocket and like like being scratched in the playoffs like you can tell he's just happy to be playing hockey but something like this could be just that that's the that could be the nail in the coffin for this kid right like you you see it with like number one picks who like like just never even crack the nhl lineup because they they had too much of a weight on their shoulders right and so i i just hate that like these or like this organization is doing something or these organizations like it's not just the canes it's the habs as well but they're kind of toying with this kid's future and is like mental well-being and everything like that as well, you know? Uh, yes, Barry Yakupov. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so I don't like that they're playing a game like that. Like, that's... No, me neither. Yeah, like, I think if... If Kakinemi was, like, not so much of a heads-down type of player, like, type of guy or whatever, like, just, like, kind of stick through it, then, like, I feel like he should be maybe request like a trade to a team that where he can get more of a shot in the lineup. Like they clearly don't want to yeah. play him. Like well, the other yeah. thing too, though, is that like to, for it to have gotten to where it's gotten to. And like, I know you guys know this, we just haven't talked about it. He has to sign the offer sheet. So there's yeah. no interest for sure. on his end to go to Carolina, just as there was interest for Aho to go to the Canadians. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just like a one-sided thing. Like remember when yeah, he yeah. talks about like, how Columbus was considering offering offer sheeting Marner, but like they basically said he's not going to Columbus. So they didn't pursue it further than that. Um, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, you know, who knows, maybe it is, um, you know, like I almost feel like people would feel better about it if it had been a trade where like they recognized yeah. that he did need a change of scenery. Um, and it sounded like, like I listened to 31 thoughts before we recorded this morning. Cause they did like an emergency episode last night. Um, yeah. and it sounds like there was at least at one point, the interest in him getting a fresh start somewhere, but like yeah. now to Carter's point, if it, it say he does go to Carolina and Montreal uses the assets to get like a Christian Dvorak or, you know, another centerpiece, um, you know, to play center, no pun intended. Um, you know, you, you run into this issue where you are kind of setting him up for failure because if it doesn't work in Carolina, then, you know, to Carter's point, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's hard to come back from two franchises where you've, you know, had these huge expectations and you just couldn't meet them. Oh, for sure. And, and like, but the thing is though, like on paper, like no, no kid's going to turn down being overpaid at least double what he's worth yeah. and yeah, no, exactly. no, no, like businessman is going to be like going to take an absolute once in a lifetime opportunity and be like, listen, you should probably throw it away. Like this is yeah, the last time enough. he'll, he'll get, he'll get overvalued like this in his career. Like I, I hate, right. like I, like I said, I'm a Cox and Yemi fan, but he's never going to get this type of inflation or inflated deal ever again. And so right. like, no, 
no business mind is going to say turn it down and no kid looking at that paycheck is going to turn it down. So of course there's interest, right? Like, well, especially that big signing bonus too. Yeah, I know. That's huge. That's, that's, that's what Starbucks costs down in Carolina. So yeah. Yeah. Get some canes, get some uh, Bojangles. Yeah. I was going to say Bojangles where I got bullied. The last time I was bullied as an adult was in Bojangles. Okay. You have to say that (laughs) I will. You guys are going to love it. But yeah, no, that's, that's, and that's the only reason why I think they're fucking with his head is because it's, it's, it's like an undeniable offer. Like, and then like, he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. Right. Yeah. Like maybe we do see more, like maybe in the real, like actual details of it, there's more offer sheets than actual listed, but it's like, it's just the player kind of that attitude and culture of, kind of sticking by the team that drafted you kind of thing that they're not going to willing to sign it. Like I just, yeah, Thomas, I yeah. need to let you know that I started up a game Leafs versus Habs while oh the pod's God. been going and yeah. Kotkaniemi just scored on Morozik, wow. just so you guys know. Oh, nice. Wow. He knew we were talking there you go. about he's, him. He's, he's producing already. He's yeah, staying. Exactly. He's, he's staying. He's gonna... Yeah, yeah if, if his EA numbers count towards his NHL <laughs> like that, then, then I think that. he'll be fine with the deal. Yeah. The funny thing is, is Kotkaniemi usually sims really well in franchise mode for the franchise mode players that listen. So there you go. Now you know. Now you, now you know uh, the offer sheet. Find, I'm trying to find shelter here. Can you hear the rain on my hood? <laughs> uh, no. A little bit. Kinda. Yeah. When you mentioned <laughs> Sorry, guys. Like, yeah, no, you're out, good. We're the outdoors channel or whatever. Wilderness. OLA. Yeah. OLN, yeah. We're the Wilderness Podcast. We're on OLN. We're, we're pre- presented by OLN. Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Emmy, um, sponsored by MEC. That'd be sick. Um, but yeah, I, think yeah. That's, <laughs> I think that's about all we have to say about talking Emmy. Whatever. Like, yeah. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, when I said earlier that like I wasn't scared of them, is just like if Lulu Amarillo does an offer sheet, and he, so like, let's say it was like the Islanders that did this offer sheet, just like, for example, and like knowing how Lou deals with things, you'd think that you were yeah. about to have a hit put out on you. Right. Like, <laughs> it's just when I see the way that they, that they carry themselves, I'm just like, oh my God, this organization is so embarrassing. They have so many good things about the organization that like speak for themselves and then they do this type yeah. of shit and just like uh you guys are fucking embarrassing yeah yeah if you fo- if you focus on like securing your like securing your loose ends that you clearly need to secure yeah rather than like this bullshit like you would you'd be much farther ahead in the off season than you would had you not done this right yeah, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, and they said that on 31 Thoughts, too, that I thought was kind of an interesting point, was that when Aho got his offer sheet, it was on July 1st. So strategically, yeah. this time to offer sheet someone is actually pretty smart because the teams yeah. at this point are more or less already assembled. And now you're yeah. taking away, like, a pretty key part of Montreal and adding yeah. to your team. But, like... The center depth in Carolina is not great. So if they were able to get Kotkaniemi, like that's probably a win from a center depth perspective, but he's not worth six point, you know, one, three, five million or whatever it is. Like he is replaceable in Montreal. Like you can find someone that like can consistently track the lineup. Then maybe they give Ryan Paling a shot to play for more than five games at a time. That'd be nice. Well, that's that's anything like anything not top top six is like is the like there's no consistency or like there's no security in the spot in the lineup in, in Montreal. Like that's just how they work there. I wish that they actually did something with some of their depth though. Like Ryan Paling is a good player and he just never gets a fair shot Montreal because of the depth. Yeah. So oh, well, I don't maybe know. maybe. Maybe a lot of like, there's a lot of like, well, not a lot of, but like, you saw Dano and Perry leave, and then maybe if Kakanyemi goes, this is like a culture shift for for their um, their up and comers, right? It's just it's like hard somebody, for me to believe the old guard is leaving. No, for sure, and I think to your point, Carter, like that usually happens when things aren't working out. 
but by all accounts, like people forget that this team was, you know, at least a contender for the Stanley Cup like a month and a half ago. Right? Yeah. Like they may not have ever beaten Tampa, but like yeah, you know, it's not they're, like they they were there. Exactly. The Leafs need a retooling more than the Habs do, period. Yeah. But anyhow. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Curdy Gabriel fighting Wayne Simmons. Uh, that's, that's yeah. the retooling that we need. <laughs> I love that. I love oh, that. God. I am I am excited to see what the Leafs look like this upcoming season. Um, I think it'll be very interesting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I guess, guess we'll see what happens. Honestly, like, and I know I probably talk about it way too much for, like, what it is, but I just love the Nick Ritchie signing so much. Dude, you know what signing so I am, like, fun. a bit higher on? Like, I love Nick Ritchie. Like, obviously, I was going ballistic. Well, yeah. Bunting, yes, but Andre Kasha is the one that I'm, like, oh, fired yeah. up about. Well, if he stays Assuming healthy, he and, like, healthy? I guess... But he's also, like, I don't know what Boston's medical team's like, but, like, I doubt Anaheim has, like, the top tier, like, medical staff, like, yeah, resources like, that is available to him. There's, like, do- the Dr. Nick of, like, the NHL, probably. No, that's Buffalo. Well, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> if Andre Cashage was just stop stage diving at Chain Reaction, he wouldn't have had <laughs> all these problems. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm, hey, I'm in this camp. I I love the Nick Ritchie signing for the Leafs. I think that was such a good play. It's I'm, gonna make the I'm team so excited about it. And it's gonna make it be good. Like it's, it's like so much more entertaining when you have guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. But anyways, should we have our designated uh, wild talk? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we yeah. should. Uh, ahead, well, we could talk about Jordy Ben and like people were overreacting. I feel like to that. Um, signing because like obviously Kalen Anderson is knocking on the door and he was able to play last year because of the COVID lockdown and stuff but like I also feel I get, we talked about it a little like last week about like the re- rookies on your like on your team but I feel like Addison especially with the type of player he is he needs to like get more development from both ends of the ice yeah. and kind of like Addison, yeah. sorry go ahead Chris I was just going to say, Addison's a great player. He's offensive-minded. Like, he'll be running the power play on that team at some point My in my lifetime. I, I'm yeah. sure of that. But the thing that people don't always understand is that, like, with a player, like, of Addison's skill set and, and, you know, shape in terms of his size and other things like that, he he's going to need a little bit more of, like, a sheltered role on that team to start, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not suggesting that Jamie Ben play top four minutes where I think everyone expects Kaylin Addison to be at some point. Um, they're going to need somebody that's a little bit more defensively responsible. And I don't think it's a terrible idea starting out a defenseman who has the potential and the ceiling to be a top four defenseman on that team to spend a little bit more time in Iowa. That's my two cents. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it, like, he could for sure win the position in camp, but I don't think Jordy Ben is really like preventing him, like stopping in his way. Like Jordy Ben is like a seventh defenseman at best. I feel like at this point, especially with like the Kulikov and John Merrill signings, like if they didn't sign John Merrill, then like, okay, maybe this is like the one guy that Addison has to go over. But like Merrill is a better NHL defenseman than Kalen Addison right now. Like I love like Merrill. Yeah. Merrill's so fucking good defensively. Like, it is insane. He just, like, fits the wild to a T where he doesn't allow any quality, like, at all. Like, inside, yeah. like, the goalie basically doesn't have to work within, like, five, like, eight feet of the net around him. He'll never get a shot attempt from that in close when Merrill's on the ice. Like, yeah. but I think it's just, like, I don't think it is a big deal. And I know that this is the year where, like, people are expecting rookies to make the jump, but I, like, especially with the defensemen that they have on the right side already with, like, Spurgeon and Dumba, like, you would yeah. have... So you're, like, really complaining about your bottom line defenseman and, like, your 21-year-old, like, offensively-minded guy to get, like, bottom-pairing minutes and not even probably be on the power play because that's Spurgeon and Dumba right now. So, yeah. like, I... Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal of what people are talking about. And if Ben plays 30 games, like, swapping in for... Kolikov or Merrill, whenever 
they're injured or they just need to rest, then that's no problem. I feel like he's bad. Like, don't get me wrong. Like Jordy Ben is a bad player, but like, it's not, it's just a guy. Like you don't have to really like twist and turn yeah. at night about it. Really? Well, yeah. If, if Ben was going to do something, he would have done with the league by now. Well, yeah, and not to mention that, like, I completely agree, Thomas, like he's, he's a seven, six, seven guy probably uh, on that team. And I mean, like they've done a lot uh, on the back end to, you know, really kind of insulate, um, you know, the likes of Kalen Addison, should he, you know, uh, end up cracking the lineup and, and playing. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of if he can crack the lineup, Like to your point, he, he's an NHL defenseman. I just think that rather than shelter the absolute shit out of him um, or have him with someone who's like maybe a little bit more defensively minded, um, you know, they, they've kind of bought themselves a little bit of time um, with some of these shorter term deals like a Jordy Ben um, or, or like a Kulikov, which I believe is just one year. Right, Thomas? Kulikov's two um, years. Oh, two years. Pardon me. Yeah. So um, like, yeah. But anyhow. Yeah. And like, even with Dumba coming up too, like, he's at UFA in two years. Like, do you think that they're going to keep him around, especially with like the kind of cap situation they're going to be in for that? Like Addison is pretty much the perfect replacement for him. So if he has to spend like majority of this season in Iowa and the next season, he kind of wins Merrill's position as a bottom pairing guy. And then you see 20 in 2023, him pretty much destined for a top four role. Like that's not a bad path. And we've seen that so many times before. And he might surprise him, be like, eventually play more minutes than Dumba if he's losing foot speed or anything. Or like, I don't right. know. It's just, and like, and it's especially what you're saying about like, they turned over the blue line so much this year that you don't know what's going to happen. Like, Alex Golgossi might not be the perfect fit and he might be a train wreck of a, like, a signing, but it's also right. just one year. So maybe if yeah. you, like, if you want to have Brodine on your top pairing and then you'll have to force to play like, like Merrill or Kulikov on the second pairing, and then you have another spot open. And whether exactly. it's Ben or Addison, then it's just a straight ahead battle. So it's you never know with like so much transition with it. Like it's I and I feel like that. And like at least I guess we could touch on the other rookies like Boldy and Rossi quickly. But like I feel with them, it's a much more straight ahead fight yes. for positions. Like it's Agreed. you're you're battling with like guys like. Joseph Cremarosa and Kyle Rao for like spots. Like I think. And like the other thing too, is that people forget. And like, I know this is kind of a goofy way of looking at it, but like you can only have six defensemen. You can have 12 forwards. (laughs) So there's like, there's a a little bit more flexibility in terms of, you know, where you're going to put people. And I'm not sure that at least in, in Rossi and Boldy's case, you need to shelter um, as much as you would need to shelter a defenseman. Um, on this team in particular, right? Where like Rossi, I mean, I think he's going to have like a, 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 well, I don't know. I guess I'm going to need to temper my expectations a little bit after his um, year off. But, um, you know, he, he looks legit. And I think Boldy is is primed to have, you know, a good rookie season as well based on the short sample size or small sample size that we saw last year. Um, but uh yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm really interested to see what the final, you know, yeah. lineup looks like because I think it's easy to to pencil in where Kaprizov is going to play, and and easy to pencil in, you know, some of the the you know defenses just in terms of Dumba, Spurge, and Brodine, etc. But what do you think is like the big concern amongst Wild fans right now, um, aside from Kaprizov, Thomas? I think it's probably the rookies, honestly, like them getting a fair shot and i think like garen talked about all this time like he's not going to just hand over spots to these guys and obviously it's just like lip service a lot of it but like they have like if you can't play better than like nick bugstad or something like in training camp like especially boldy where he kind of plays a similar style then like then you should be playing in io and develop further like it's just kind of simple as that and like and in the end, like, even if they spent, like, a month or whatever, like, I feel like Rossi might start in Iowa just because yeah, it's, it just feels different. And, like, in having those rookies play together, like, having Boldy kind of start from the beginning, I feel like, and he plays – they play kind of similar styles, but, like, especially if you want to see what 
Rossi looks like at the center position at a high level, then I feel like that's easier to see. Like it's, it's more of a, like a risk factor, I guess, keeping Rossi as a yep. centerman in NHL and just giving him that spot, like even the third line well, center think, spot or whatever. I think he could play the wing right now. Center, I think, um, even though he is a center, I think in the NHL might look and feel a little different for his style of game. Um, but if, if he was to be a center, um, like, and I think they probably still project him to be a center on mm-hmm. in, in the NHL. I think he would just need... Uh, you know, line mates uh, on either wing that complement his style of game, right? Where I'm just, I can't necessarily think of who the right fit for wingers could be for Rossi, like today. I don't know. What do you think? Wait, sorry, what did you say? I thought I was reading a tweet. (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) what what wingers could you even see Rossi feasibly play with where he would be like a sure fit? Um, I'm just thinking from like a, you know, puck distribution standpoint. I would say like immediately, I think Fiala would be a good fit because he could get the puck up the ice quicker um, and kind yeah, of help establish because Rossi is a good cycle player. And shoot, Fiala will shoot it. And Fiala will shoot it. So then if you do that yeah, and like he Hart is. and maybe like Hartman on the other side or something like, but they yeah. might need Hartman at center. So then you have maybe like, a Greenway if they want to split up the Erickson Eck, Felino, and Greenway line. Um yeah. then maybe, but like it's it's hard to say, like really. And I feel like I don't know, like I think everything just needs to be like more patient. And like then they were patient, like with Kapishov, like waiting five years to see him play. But like yeah. it's it's more difficult when like the guy's right there and it's like he's already signed and everything, and like you're just like really wanting them to just call him up already. And like, especially if a player has a down week or so. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's just going to be interesting no matter what, like where they play. And they like, even if they're sheltered, like it'll be on almost like automatically that they're sheltered because they have like Erickson ahead of them where like he will, no matter what, get the strong, like um, the tough competition like every single game and be able to like play better than them. So yeah, it's just a, like a, like an automatic thing, but I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting camp. I think the wild are probably the most, one of the more interesting camps to really watch and see where these guys play. Cause there's even other options like down the line. Like I might write on this something soon of just like, who's actually like capable of playing for spots, but like there's guys like Connor DeWar, Mason Shaw, Brandon Duheim that are like, right on the cusp and like a couple of years older, like I really like DeWar as like an option yeah, in the future. I, like and I think he's been shot quite a bit. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So like they have center options, like depth center options. Like they're not going to be playing top six guys and they're not high end guys like Boldy and Rossi, but there's these young guys that are still there and trying to make camp and trying to play better than the Karama Rosas and Kyle Rouse and wh- whoever else they brought in the freaking I whatever. Like- I feel like Kyle Rao is like 400 years old. Honestly, well, he's 28. He, but <laughs> I know he's old, but I just like remember when he played in Florida and people were like, I think we've got All something right. here. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But, oh my God. Um, shifting gears a little bit. Um, it, I just got a notification. I wonder Thomas, if this is what you were reading uh, instead of paying attention to the podcast. Um, I'm <laughs> just joking. Uh, about Jack Eichel taking his concerns to the uh, to the NHLPA. Is that what you were reading about? Oh, wow. oh no, I was reading a Dragger tweet, but I did see that we could talk Eichel. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. feel like we talk about Eichel every week. Um, but that's interesting. We'll like getting the NHLPA him. involved. Well, until something gets yeah. fucking done, yeah, I think we'll have to. Uh, interesting though, eh? That he's. You know, because he changed his agent yesterday, agent. I want to say, yeah. or the day before that it came out. Yeah. Um, ago, yeah. Interesting that the NHLPA is getting involved. And I mean, at some point, they absolutely should get involved, in my opinion. Well, yeah, like it's his representatives. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous that he's offering them solutions. And if everything we've read is true and the agent and talking in discussions, it's like how they just 
want out of there because they're not getting the proper like medical service and like as long as this keeps on going on then like it shortens his season no matter what because there's a recovery time exactly um, yeah and like clearly whatever they're doing right now is work is not working so it's not like he can go through this different like rehab process and try to get better but it'll take way longer than the surgery anyways so yeah um, yeah it's it's crazy i feel like it's like it's especially that there's just like like this is what like friedman said um during that emergency pod or whatever was like that there's no resolution um basically like the sabers like are really like strong-willed and not like changing it no matter what even with the pa involved and like the union and everything like well because they're not compelled to really do anything if they don't want to right yeah and i think yeah at some point or another so it's funny i felt a little bit bad in the moment about my comments around like you know how there is a segment of the hockey world and fandom that like love like carolina posting memes and that's how they were able to get this uh message across on fucking twitter and how annoying i think that shit is and i do think yeah. it's fucking annoying do not get me wrong but it's like you know what really grows the game like one of the top centers in the league being able to play hockey in front of fans you know what i mean yeah, like here we are here we are and you getting know, the medical attention that his body needs <laughs> not even yeah. to be playing but that his yeah. body needs like exactly you want to grow the game you don't need to post you know like the troll face on your on your hockey <laughs> tweets like you can do you know what i mean like you can do other things and i don't know it's just it's so unfortunate because i'm just thinking like like let me ask you guys this question because one of my answers is definitely jack eichel is there a player that like you know is really good but like you just don't see it like not necessarily <laughs> underrated but like for example oh, we man. all we all agree that jack eichel is probably what like a top 10 center if not better in, yep. in the league right yep. but like yeah. we also like just don't really ever see him play because of the team yeah. that he's on right so it's like i take your yeah. word for it that he's a great player but like do you guys have a guy like that um <laughs> it might be eichel honestly yeah like <laughs> right like you, or maybe dry like the hardest maybe dry sidle like there's dry no sidle. moves yeah. we, we've seen there's... him play with mcdavid though like you see like but you Mc, don't see with, like I, but mcdavid always outshines him like if it's more of like it, a yeah. thing about like David is another one I feel strongly or pardon me Dreisaitl is who I feel strongly about. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't see McDavid well. yeah. uh no but like Dreisaitl, he gets the counting stats okay. up but it's more so because of the team he plays on right like I wonder if Dreisaitl was in Eichel's position what would have like would he be even a top center on a team with like no other centers like it's it's yeah, another I have another one that I'll I'll throw out there just to okay. kind of get the wheels turning for you guys Malkin. No. Oh yeah. Malkin fucking lays the body out though. Like no, he, I know. But like he, I guess the question's almost changing a little bit because like I think it's easy to look at guys who are like playing second fiddle to like a generational player like a Crosby or a McDavid. Yeah. But by that same token, it's just interesting because I don't even think of Eichel as like a top 10 player in the league just because he doesn't come to mind immediately because he's played on Buffalo. Right. So like, yeah. I feel like people thought that about Ekman Larson too, at one point, like when he was playing well, in Arizona before he fell off a cliff. I think because you don't like, I, I was, when I was reading an Eichel thing the other day, I forgot he's 24 years old because he's like, so back of mind. Yeah. I would think he's a lot older than he is. Right, like, like I think he's, he's younger he's, than Kaprizov. Let me see this fucking shit. I think he is. I think he's a year, maybe two years younger than Kaprizov. But no, Eichel's definitely. I know he's old. Player. He's like, older. Sorry. Even like uh, I'm like I, I'm just trying to think of like the Chicago's and the LA's and like or maybe even Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi's one of those players for me, like in Detroit. Okay, yeah, that's a good call. Like, like a good I, player on a bad team. Yeah, like, I, I think if he, like, he's doing very well with, like, what he has in Detroit, like, all things considered. So, I feel like if he had a bit more support, he, he'd he be somebody that we'd be talking about on those top lists. Even what Larkin, like a, too. I was going to say Larkin. Yeah, yeah, Larkin's the one that stands yeah. out as well. 
but it's it, besides things like that could always like just immediately transform like it it sucks that like eichel's been stuck in this situation with buffalo where like they've been catastrophically terrible for so long like you've seen florida turn around with barkov like barkov was stuck on bad teams for a very long time yeah that's but he true. was just yeah. able to kind of outshine and like and stick with it and then you get the huberdos and then and then like Huberto's explosion and then you kind of just make a little trades here and there like they kind of just gradually get better um into becoming yeah. a kind of a top eight team in the league and like that stuff can happen really quickly so it's just unfortunate with Eichel that it's just taken like his whole career away because well not yeah. his whole career but like it's just so far just because they've been like not able to make any proper moves at all yeah well his glory days are gone and like you know things are really bad in an organization when they're starting to offer like flex packs on their season pass or their <laughs> oh season yeah tickets. like like that's when you yeah. know that like it's time like that's the, even when the captain wants to like does not want but to go see, down with the ship is when they started selling the, selling 20 game flex packs <laughs> yeah the thing is like and, and I agree like and I think that's part of the reason I'm like very high on the idea of Eichel going to like a Montreal or like um like I really Anywhere. would love to see him in Anaheim just because they've got so much in the cupboards to like really insulate him the right way and like the weird thing is I know we talked about this last week I think a year or two, two years ago, we were saying the same thing about Buffalo. Like, oh, they've got so much in the cupboard. But like, yeah. if you look at guys, like I know we talked so about Casey Middlestat. Well, that's it. Or they just use and abuse them before their ELC is done. And then they're just, you know, kind yeah. of not in the same place. Like I remember when Casey Middlestat um, was playing in that one world juniors and everyone was like, this guy can't miss. He's so yeah. good. And it's like, Casey Middlestat is good, but in Buffalo, it's like, oh my god! Same with um, Olafson. You know that that oh Victor Olafson, like a yeah. bit of a coming out party in the last couple of years. Like him on literally any other team, you're just like, oh man, this guy's like a pure goal scorer and just not given the opportunity because he's got you know wrist line and you know saucing a pizza through the middle of the ice. Yeah, so. <laughs> But that's like also the underrated thing of like, like I know I, I talk about it enough where like I've turned to it and like been in favor, but like team, quote unquote culture of it, like establishing this foundation of like we'll support you. We have this like already prepared. You're coming into a situation where you're not expected to be like to basically lead it yeah. right away. Um, yeah, like if but you they... know it's sorry, sorry, go ahead, buddy. Well, I was just going to say, like, even if they went full rebuild, like, they're already doing it, trading Reinhardt and Ristolainen and everything. But, like, right. you're going to have to try to attract, like, a foundation of it. Like, it's not... Like, I know there's, like, the... It's, 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 the... Building, it's building the right base, though. Like, we, we were talking mm-hmm. about it with Lundqvist in New York, and then we were saying that, like, like yeah, they're going to chase the cup or the money no matter what. And then Rask comes out a week later and says, Boston's my home. It's where I want to end mm-hmm. up. Like... And so then it's like Boston's clearly built a culture that like fosters like longevity. Right. And yeah. Like it's attracting people to want to come in. Like, yeah. If, the other thing if, too, though, with Rasko's, he already won his cup. Right. So like, if, yeah. if that was the motivation and I'm not saying it is, but like he's, yeah. he's, he's got his ring. Right. Where Lundqvist, yeah, he's checked the box. Yeah. Well, even right. like, and we didn't even talk about it yet, but the Couturier signing, like they, the oh, Flyers yeah. must have done something that like, they just established. I know Couturier might be just like a like do it for the team kind of guy, but they must have like they have something created, like whether it's Giroux and Van Riemsdyk and Atkinson coming in and them already establishing this kind of like foundation kind of centered around Giroux that yeah, yeah, has sure. like yeah. has has made Couturier be like I want to stay with this team like for my rest of my yeah. career. Like it's just um, yeah. And, like, even if you look at the Leafs, like, it's – I know we talk about them enough, but, like, how they did their rebuild, and they have this, like, little foundation of, like, headlined by Riley and Kadri when they were bringing in the Nylander, Marners, and Matthews kind of players. Yeah. So they had this, like, already built, like, early 20s, 23, 24 guys – and then you get your next like high level. Like Buffalo got rid of that. Like Reinhardt and Eichel could have been that, 
yeah. for the forwards and like Rissa line is bad. So whatever, but like it's, they could have had that if they just wanted to stay competitive and stay within that culture and kind of build a foundation with them and then bring in your guys because you're still bad. Your mi- middle stats, let them kind of develop because they're still like, they're not heralded to be the next great thing. Like they're still projected as like a middle six guy. Like you get yeah, your see, guy playing in college and everything, like in in, in yeah. the AHL and, and seeing what they can do, and then you build that from there. And but the, just, yeah. the trouble with with Buffalo in that way is though is that it's there's always been like a whipping boy, right? Right yeah. now it's Jack yeah. Eichel because of everything going on, which is fine. Um, you know, they, they've they've kind of had this person playing that role this whole time, and I'll tell you if if the whipping boy when Jack Eichel's gone. Um, you know, like I think Casey Middlestat has already been kind of their whipping boy from a forward perspective. But when it becomes Dylan Cousins, I'm going to scream. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going <laughs> yeah. to literally scream because Dylan Cousins is like, oh, my God, I'm such a big fan of his. Like, I love the way he plays. I love that he's got like a little bit of like a, you know, like a chip on his shoulder. You know, he fought a few times last year. Um you know, he's, he's like literally fighting for his life in Buffalo. And yeah, it's, it's kind of this thing where like, I'm just so, I'm trying to be like very cautiously optimistic. Cause I think, you know, once Eichel's gone, I think it becomes Dylan Cousins and Dalian's team and Owen Powers, team, yeah. you know, right. Like, I think those are kind of the three pieces there. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, they did the same thing to Alex Nylander and like, look at where he is now in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's kind of a few thoughts I have that way, but I also think to your point about Couturier Thomas, it's also like about the market and the team. Right. Mm-hmm. So from like a culture perspective, you know, we see this thing happen with, with Tuka Rask where he comes out and says like, you know, you guys can sign me for a cheap deal. The only team I'm playing for is Boston. I think that certain hockey markets, um, they, they kind of do that, right? Like they have like this almost brand loyalty where they don't want to deviate from the team that was so good to them or from, you know, the market that was so good for them. And that's where Toronto is frustrating for me um, because although I haven't become this like Marner conspiracy theorist, <laughs> I look at the size of that contract and I go, you couldn't get the, 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 you know, the hometown boy to, to take a bit of a, a bit of a haircut on the price. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you look, you look at Couturier and you're like, okay, hey, that's the only team he's ever played for. But like, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, NHL, uh, like what was that show on HBO? Like the winner road to winter classic, I want to say. Yeah. Like and we saw Yeah. And we saw Couturier as a rookie playing, um, you know, with Claude Giroux or not Claude Giroux, pardon me. Um, who am I thinking of? Oh my God, this is Voracek. No, not Voracek. Um, he's, he's the GM of yeah, Briere. I was gonna say the GM of the oh, Mariners. Yeah. Wow, Daniel Briere. But like he's oh, he's like he's now with, with the, he's now with the Flyers as a he development coach. Now, that's right. That's right. But I, I, I I've literally seen video of him on my timeline as we were recording of him working with Morgan Frost. So that's a little Chris content for you there it is little Chris, uh, little Chris content, but, Chris content. but, but, but you see like, that's the type of stuff where you're like, okay, they want to be here. Like they, they love it. Yeah. They want to be here. Right. I think about even, um, and I know we haven't, haven't talked about it yet, but you know, I was, I was planning on talking about it. You see um, all the things that have come out since Jimmy Hayes tragically passed away last week. And it's like, this guy is like a Boston hockey guy and he only played for the Bruins for a short window, but like the impact that he's had on that community, um, not only being from that community, but like the impact that he's had on minor hockey and all of those Mm -hmm. different things, you know, it's, it's such a tragedy in and of itself, but you also think about the positive impact that he had in his community in that way. Right. Like, are people saying that about Mitch Marner? Are people saying that about, other players in these big markets where it's like, you know, these people are, are doing great work. And, and listen, let me be clear. I'm not like anti Marner or anything like that. It's just, when you look at the other work that's being done, it's hard to not compare people's desire to stay and love playing for an organization and then see to this point, what we've seen from Marner. And, and you know what, who knows, maybe this, 
this Amazon series that comes out, we watch it and we're like, oh, wow, he does uh, really want to be a leaf. This is great. We love him. Um, but to I be think honest that's with you, bullshit. There, there's nothing I've wanted to stay farther away from than whatever the hell that thing is called. <laughs> all or nothing. With all or nothing. All Have or you nothing. watched any of them? I watched no, the Eagles which? one. All or nothing. No, I didn't watch uh, any of them. Oh, I thought the this Eagles was the one, first like, one. I didn't realize they did an Eagles one. Yeah, they do like one yeah. out, one an NFL one every year. They do a Premier League one every year. Um, oh, there you go. They do. I already watch enough think... soccer content. It's called Ted Lasso. That's the only thing I'll watch. <laughs> oh my god, involving soccer. But do you guys get where I'm coming from? Like, what are your guys' yeah. thoughts? Do yeah. I sound like a crazy person or what? No, because I think from my point of view, like seeing, like I know I'm reverting to Minnesota all the time, but like Matt Dumba, like he does so much for the community and he wants to play there even though his name has been in trade rumors for like three years now, like he's still doing everything he can to like be like represent Minnesota and represent the wild in St. Paul and everything that's going on there. Like it's, it's hard to see. And like, I literally, the only like time you see Marner like off the ice is when he's doing commercials. It's just difficult to see the kind of like, you see it from other teams and kind of like point out and be like, why can't we have one of those dudes? Like that's science. I like, think that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's understandable too. too. This past week with Svechnikov yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Like he's signing away his, his prime too. Like with Katuria, you get it. Like it's so long of a deal that he's going to be like 37 when it expires. Like it's so, so you could clearly see like he just wants security. And even if he has to take a pay cut, then whatever. Um, yeah. But it's still like, you'd see Svetch and like what pl- type of player he can become and him just taking like, <laughs> like, so like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. <laughs> to me, it's frustrating because it's like, you see, I, I guess I could sum up my feelings by just saying like, you know, we see players go on team friendly deals to stay where they're happy and like yeah. tax and income and side income and all these other things aside. It's like, why, why can't we have that? <laughs> I think that's probably yeah. more where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it is, it is what it is. Well, Marner is uh, also getting the, the bio steel, the true hockey, the Apple money. I have everything right. Yeah, like it's not that he's just getting his 10.9. He's getting his everything else. But sorry. No, no, no. I, I agree completely. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do, boys. Um, anything else that you guys want to talk about before we wrap up today? No, I think that was a good closing rant. <laughs> yeah, not bad, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything coming up? in the? I guess it's just training camps and stuff. We'll figure out. We'll see yeah, that. Training, preseason training camps. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully the wild after season isn't ruined. Yeah, seriously. Oh what will we do hopefully we'll see you know it's another uh, interesting thing that i'm like kind of forgetting about uh that may not be that interesting but like you guys looked at dallas's goaltending situation at all recently no no isn't they have have ben bishop yeah hudobin and and uh did you know 30 i know that holby signed there but i forgot they still had kadobin yeah so i wonder if one of those like so ben bishop is like injured quite a bit so i wonder if he starts on ltir i can't remember if he's gonna like what i've heard or things like that around that but it would be interesting to see which goalie ends up because I think Hudobin Hudobin's gone. Like, if if they yeah. have to keep Ben Bishop, um, Hudobin yeah. is a good goalie, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. where he lands. Yeah, well, yeah. Bishop sat the entire last season. I just remember right. That. Is Hudobin yeah, and Ottinger? Yeah, but then that's the other thing. Are they going to put Ottinger, who's like you know a young good goalie, back on? Texas in the AHL like that to me just doesn't really make sense I mean, like he's already shown that he's an NHL goalie really let me see his fucking stats here. well like I don't remember what the stats are like on 11 save percentage in 29 games 
Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Good enough I mean, to be a backup, not good yeah, enough for to sure. be a starter in Texas again. Like, better than being a Texas in Texas, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, it's just, it's hard, I feel like. It, and all this stuff plays out too, like later down the road. Like, it's there's injuries probably coming up, especially with all of them being older. And Holpe might not be the same player that he once was. And um, Bishop waves his no move for the expansion draft. So maybe there's like a rift there of like, I'm in a situation where maybe I want to go to a team that needs a goalie. Um, like, I can't, Edmonton? I can't think, I can't think of it. Yeah, maybe like. Yeah, Edmonton. Oh, they just re-signed Mike Smith. Holy fuck. What's um, the door, Cohen? <laughs> Who's that? Pittsburgh. Sorry, sorry oh. guys. Wow. <laughs> you good? Close the fucking door. Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Pittsburgh or something. But um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a weird situation. I feel like that'll play out eventually. But it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I haven't really been paying attention yeah. to Dallas because I was I gonna really... say I really feel like we're grasping at straws here talking about who's gonna crack the Texas Stars lineup in August. <laughs> Listen, Buddy. I just wanted to bring it up because I was like, this <laughs> goaltending thing doesn't make sense to me. Um yeah, can you tell we're in the off season? Uh okay, oh, yeah. let's let's uh let's shut her down then. Good pod today, boys. Appreciate yeah. your time. This has been good. Did you see uh, my Carter. the thing I sent you? Yeah, I'm gonna watch it in a second here. Do it right now. The the thing that you sent right, me boys. in the chat, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I will. Okay, Carter, good luck with everything. Make sure that you wear Thanks, a helmet. Guys. Yeah, wear wear a hard hat. I've been I've been wearing steel toes at the very least. There you go. Had a boy. Steel toe okay. uh, <laughs> blunt stones. Yeah. Steel toe converse blows. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of those lying around. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Later, boys. All right. Thomas.